Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast for People of Hope Church. To learn more about our ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, visit peopleofhope.church. morning we feel your presence today and open up our hearts and our ears to hear what pastor Kyle has to say this morning so that we would leave feeling encouraged and knowing that you have a purpose for our life no matter what in Jesus name amen good morning Welcome to part two of the Image series, and if you're catching up on things, uh, you're always welcome to listen along to the People of Hope Church podcast that'll come out each week, and you can find that on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and a couple of other places, and uh, we would love for you to kind of go back and pick up with part one. This is uh, part two uh, today. Last week, we spent the morning talking about the fact that you have worth and value. Just as you are, you are absolutely loved. You have worth and value. And this series we're doing is, is important because having a right view of self changes so much in your life. Last week, our focus was on having a right view of self enables you to receive the love from other people. And it also helps you treat other people the way that God would want you to treat them. It's so important to have a right view of self, to know that you are loved just as you are, that you have worth and have value. You understand that as a son or a daughter of God, you are fully loved. Here we are now in week two, and as we said, you have worth and value last week. This morning's focus is all about the truth that you have purpose. Your life has purpose. And that's where we're going to spend our time this morning, understanding more than just Christian expectations and Christian responsibilities and things that you should be doing and things that you should be spending your time on and things that you should be running toward and running away from. More than those expectations of responsibilities, there are some grand purposes for your life. You may have wondered or you may have never wondered with the question, why am I here? Why am I here? Or some of you may have experienced some loss or some tragedy in your life or some difficulty in your life, and you may have, in an honest moment, you might say, I've wrestled with the question, why am I still here? What are my purposes? Does my life matter? Does my life count? And all of this plays into your image of self and how you view yourself. And let me tell you why this is important this week, why this understanding of purpose is important. Because what you believe about your life's purpose will determine your everyday goals and it will also determine how you measure your life's success. 
If you're clear about what your life's purpose is, if you have a right view of your life's purpose, then it will change the way you get up and think about the day. And it will change at the end of your days. And whenever you take stock or evaluate your own life, it will change the way you measure your life's success. Some of us in the room feel like we are not very successful in life and you are not at all using God's measuring. You're the one who've said you are less than and God is absolutely pleased and thrilled. How do you see yourself and your life's purposes? This morning, I'm gonna give us two main overarching purposes that come from scripture. Um, And the first one is this. Number one, the first grand purpose for your life and my life is to bring glory to God, increasing his fame. To bring glory to God, that's the first one. To bring glory to God, increasing his fame. God is glorified in a lot of different ways. One of the ways that God is glorified is as you enjoy him. One of the best ways to promote the power of Jesus is for somebody to bump into a happy and satisfied Christian. One of the best ways to promote the greatness of the gospel is to be a content Christ follower. To have joy in all circumstances. To be full of thanksgiving. And as you live your life enjoying the goodness of God, the deliciousness of his faithfulness. As you live your life enjoying and being happy in your heart about who God is on his throne and how he has you in the palm of his hand. As you live that happy life, there's something different about you. And somebody says, how is it possible that as the wind blows and the storms come and as you deal with the pits and as you deal with the tragedies, how is it that your heart is still happy? Even if your face isn't always happy, but how is it that there's joy? And you say, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you about my God. I trust he's sovereign. I trust he has a plan. I trust he's always good. And I trust that he's great. My God can do anything. So winds can blow, but my God can speak to the storms and they'll stop. Amen? As you enjoy being his, as you enjoy being the beloved of God, as you enjoy the way that he satisfies you down deep, as you love the way that he gives you worth and value just as you are, wrinkles and all, flaws and shortcomings and all, as you enjoy being his, you give glory to him. Another way that we glorify God is giving credit for all the good in our lives. Giving God credit for all the good in our lives It's important that we understand that when we glorify God as our life's purpose, we do not make God more glorious. He is already infinitely glorious. We do not add to his glory. And when you point to him and you you talk about this job that you have and you say glory to God or you talk about a relationship that you're in and you say glory to God or you get well after you've been sick and you say glory to God or you've been waiting for that person to be that person in your life and they finally come along and you say glory to God. You're not adding to the glory of God. God is already sufficiently full of glory. 
You and I don't have the power to make God more glorious. When you glorify God, you don't add to his glory. You and I point to his supremacy. We point to his greatness. And we point to the fact that there is no other like him. We put everybody's eyes upward in that moment. We point to the greatness of God. We point to his perfections. Give God credit. Students, when something goes well in the athletic realm, when something goes well in the academic realm, adults, when something goes well in your life, on any level, in any realm, at your job, at your home, in your family, whatever, when anything goes good, Give glory to God who has redeemed something beautiful out of this mess of a planet. Give glory to God. It's one of your life purposes. It's why you're here. It's why you are here. God wants to tell the story of his greatness through your life. You realize God made the world. God made Adam and Eve to be really different. God made men and women to be absolutely different from the giraffes and the monkeys of the world. He made men and women to be absolutely different from the caterpillars and the birds. He made us to be in a relationship with him so that he could speak of his greatness through our lives. And as you go through hard things and cling to God and he proves solid and you give him credit for carrying you through the hard days, God gets the glory and he tells the story of his solidness through your trial and storm. And as you celebrate God in the the birth of a child or the the final realization of the new job or you finally get accepted to the college you wanted to go to, as you celebrate God, God gets the glory because he's telling his story of faithfulness. He's telling his story of love and grace and kindness. He's telling his story through your victory moment, through your accomplishment moment. One of the grand purposes of your life and my life is to give God credit for all of the good. Let me point you to a couple of scriptures this morning um, about how giving glory to God is a part of our overall grand purpose in life. The first one is in Matthew 5, um, verse 16. Matthew 5, 16. It's going to come up on your screen here, but I'll give you a second to turn there if you need to. Um, Matthew 5, 16, Jesus is teaching and he clearly says, let your light shine before others. In such a way that they will see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Shine your light. Do your thing. Go out and live a good godly life. Go out in all of the fruit of the Spirit. Go out representing Jesus. Go out under a ministry of reconciliation. Go out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Go out and do your thing on the soccer field, in the school, at the workplace, at the grocery store. Do your thing and let your light shine. Who is your light, by the way? Jesus is your light. And so this isn't about let you shine, but let Jesus shine through you. Let your light shine through your life in such a way that people see your good works and then they glorify your Father in heaven. 
so that at the end, people are not as impressed by you as, if, as though they are as impressed by God. Let your light shine so that people would see your good works, your good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's think about good deeds for a moment. Do you remember that good deeds in your life only happen because of the transforming power of Jesus? I don't know about you, but my default setting is selfishness. Anybody else? My, my default setting is take care of me. My default setting is what's in it for me. My default setting is, well, okay, that's great, but how does this impact or inconvenience me? But Jesus gets in my heart and makes me new and changes me. And all of a sudden, my default setting is moved through a discipleship lifestyle and a sanctification process to where I am more Christ-like as the years go by. No glory to me, all glory to God. But he is transforming slowly but surely my selfishness into compassion and unselfishness and kindness and love. And my goodness, only Jesus can do that. Some of you have a story. Some of you have a story that goes like this. Man, if you knew me before I was a Christian, you would not want to be with me very much. You would not want to hang around me very often. I was rough. I was, I was, I was a bad dude. Some of you have that story, and that story is I'm giving glory to God because the only way I'm able to have any good deeds in my life now is because Jesus has changed me. And let me just add in here this morning that if you're living a life and you know that the life you're living is costing you a great deal because of your choices, and you know that you're living a life that's just loaded with consequences. And if you know down deep in your heart that you're going a long way in the opposite direction of God, this would be a good day to become a follower of Jesus because he can get into your heart and change you from the inside out. But those of you who already know Jesus, those of you who are followers of Jesus, this is how we glorify God. We let our light shine and our people see our good deeds, which only happen because of Jesus, and they glorify our Father in heaven. I think about people who come to Christ and then they meet up with some of their friends from their old life. <laughs> and their thought is, what happened to you? <laughs> well, there's a long story but there's also a one word name, Jesus. Jesus happened to me. If you're experiencing anything in me that's close to compassion, Jesus. If you're experiencing anything in me that's close to me thinking of you first, Jesus. We glorify God by letting his light shine through us. I love the people in this room. You are some of the most kind, generous, faithful, hardworking, serving people I've run into in my life. But you're only that way because Jesus is doing that work in your heart. Amen? So give glory to God. Give glory to God by letting your light shine in a way that people give glory to your Father. Another scripture passage I want you to see is in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. 
still speaking to this idea of an overarching purpose of giving glory to God. Paul writes and he says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I love that phrase, whatever you do. Often we find um, our sense of purpose wrapped up in our titles and roles and careers. Some of you identify and, and your, your title and role is a dad and you kind of bring your purpose in life into that of being a dad. Some of you identify your, your title and role is a mom and you bring that, that title and role in and, and that's your, your purpose um, in life. Some of you have jobs. A lot of you have jobs. Well, you can actually say all of you have jobs because you either have a job in the home or a job in the marketplace or a job at the school. And you're like, I don't have a job at the school. Yes, yes, you do. You have to do the homework. And in exchange, they'll give you a positive grade. And if you don't do the homework, you won't get a good grade and you may get to do the same grade all over again. You have a job, students, to be a really good student right now. That's your job. Go to work. Take summers off. <laughs> Grown-ups, don't you miss summer break? Man. Students, by the way, in grown-up world, there's no summer vacation. I know. It's crazy. So enjoy it. We wrap up our lives and our roles in these places. And the Bible says, whatever you do... So whether you're a student, do it all to the glory of God. You're a mom. You're not just a mom, by the way. You're a dad at home. You're not just a dad. But whatever you do as a dad or a mom, do it all to the glory of God. You're a physician, do it to the glory of God. If you're an educator, do it to the glory of God. If you're an architect, if you're a business owner, do it all to the glory of God. If you're an artist, do it all to the glory of God. Whatever you do. Don't you love how that just covers everything? Do it all to the glory of God. Your work in the marketplace and your work at home, these are the settings for where you live out God's purpose of glorifying him. See, your career is not in conflict with the mission of glorifying God. Please do not think that if you want to glorify God, you have to be a missionary or a pastor. Because whatever field you're working in right now, grown up, you can glorify God in that field. Amen? Amen. Student, wherever you're, you are in school, you can glorify God in that place right now. Your career and the purposes of God are not at all in conflict. The workplace, the school, the home, these are all the settings where you're called to glorify God right now. Whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And I would speak about career just for a moment. We need, the church needs, the church with a capital C, the kingdom of God needs light carriers, light bearers in every field on the planet. We need strong, Jesus-loving believers in the entertainment industry. We need strong, Jesus-loving believers to win Academy Awards. 
We need strong, Jesus-loving believers to be architects. We need strong, Jesus-loving believers to get Ivy League education. We need strong, Jesus-loving believers to be engineers and physicists and occupational therapists and counselors and moms and teachers. We need Jesus-loving people in every field, every single one of them. So young people, dream big with God and do not limit what he can do with your life through your own fear or do not limit, do not go ahead and tell God what you think he can't do. Well, I could never do that. Our God can do anything, amen? Dream big. Because here's the deal. When you get into a field and you do that work with excellence, then you become this person who's shining, doing it all for the glory of God. And because Jesus is your life, he gets the credit for your accomplishments. And right now the world pays a lot of attention to entertainment. My goodness. We need Jesus-loving believers in professional athletics. Entertainment and athletics get so much attention right now in our world. We need more Jesus lovers in that area. So dream big, young people. Go to an amazing school. Go to an incredible school. Get an incredible job. Let God give you just some insanely large salaries and then bless people of hope a little bit. That'd be all right. <laughs> Let people invite you to speak at conferences and to write articles and become an expert in fields. Let people look at you and go, man, they're the best in that arena. And as you step into that moment, say, whatever I am is only because God opened these doors. Your career is not in conflict with the purposes of God. Your career is the setting in which you glorify God. So young people dream big. Grown-ups dream big. Aim for influence to make God famous in the world. Aim for influence to make God famous, not to make you famous to make God famous. Please do not tell God what he can't do. And dream big. Go for it. Do it all to the glory of God. And as you do your work at school, students, be the best student in the class. Make sure your work is done right and on time. Be the most polite and respectful student to your teacher or your professor. Adults, do your work with excellence. Be the most dependable employee. Work harder than they expect you to work. Because let me tell you, your excellence in the schools, your excellence in the workplace, those things will shout way louder than some Jesus image as your screensaver on your desktop at work or a collection of knickknacks at your desk 
Your excellent work will give you an opportunity of influence for you to say, if I'm anything, it's because of God. Bring glory to God and increase his fame. That is our overarching purpose, number one. Enjoy him, credit him, have influence so that you can point to him. Number two, the second one this morning. The first one is to bring glory to God. The second one is to treat people with love. To treat people with love. Like, man, that does not sound very theologically deep. Um, it's sneaky deep. <laughs> it's sneaky deep. Treat people with love. That just sounds kind of easy. Well, wait a minute. How about this? Treat all people with love. Ooh. Okay, that's different. Don't treat people as you think they deserve, but treat them with love. That's one of God's purposes for your life that you would extend the territory of the kingdom of God. I want you to think about that for a moment. Um, Back in the the days of of colonial work, countries would set sail uh, on the ocean and they would go over to uncharted lands and they would go there and they would plant a flag in a a land (laughs) and they would say, we claim this land for the nation of France. Uh, They would say it in French. But we claim this land in, in the name of Spain. Your purpose and my purpose as light carriers, as people who've been awakened to Jesus, as people who've been forgiven, who've who've found the way, who've been recipients of the grace and forgiveness of God, we have a purpose to go into the darkest corners of this city, the darkest corners of this planet, and to plant a flag and to say, I'm bringing the grace of Jesus into this place right here, and I'm claiming this realm for the name of Jesus Christ. And that's not about conquering, it's about a revolution. And what I'm bringing is grace into a place full of hate. What I'm bringing is love into a place full of judgment and payback and revenge. What I'm bringing is kindness when there's just been ridicule and bullying. What I'm bringing is the radical nature of the outrageous love of God. That's your purpose as an awakened man or woman. I've had these conversations a few times over the years with believers and they're just like, man, why does God leave us here? Like, we know him now. We're on our way to heaven. Why, why, why are we still here? Why doesn't God just bring us? Because God's still telling his story through your life. Well, maybe God has some things to teach me. He wants to let me live a few more decades and that'd be great. And he wants to teach me more about him. But man, wouldn't it be better just to go and be with him instead of studying about him, but to be with him? Why am I still here? Part of the reason you and I are still here is so that we might extend the territory of the kingdom of God on earth. Remember the Lord's Prayer on earth as it is in heaven. We want to go into Murfreesboro. We want to go into MTSU and we want to carry grace and forgiveness and hope and joy and kindness and 
belonging. We want to bring that to a world that all it knows is dog eat dog. And all it knows is an eye for an eye payback. And all it knows is, let me step on you if I need to get ahead. And all it knows is, if you mess up, we're going to laugh at you. And all it knows is, if you have a failure, we're going to judge the heck out of you. Our grand purpose is to treat all people with love. Well, what if they think differently than I do? I'm sorry, that comes under the banner of all people. What if they vote differently than I do? That comes under the banner of all people. What if they view marriage differently than I do? That comes under the banner of all people. God's grand purpose for your life is not to go and correct sinful people. God's purpose for your life is not to go and correct and judge spiritually dead people. Your purpose is to treat all people with love that the Holy Spirit might do a work in their heart and awaken them to the reality of Jesus and they might be born again and might be made new and then that person and God can talk about what's right and wrong but that's not your job or my job. Our job is to be people of grace and take that grace to be people of hope and take that, gr- that hope into the corners of darkness. Amen? That's our purpose. That's why we're still here. A couple of scriptures for you. First one's in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18. This is the moment where Jesus is in the synagogue and he opens up the scroll from Isaiah and it's a prophecy about Jesus. And as people who want to be Jesus in our city and on the college campus here and, and in the workplaces here and on the schools here, we want, to, we want to follow Jesus. And here's what Jesus said his mission is. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If you're looking for a good paraphrase, uh, if you're looking for a good paraphrase of that last line, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor, here's a good paraphrase for that. World, God's not mad at you. And let me tell you how much he loves you. He made a way for you, even though you've sinned a lot. Me too. He's made a way for you to be forgiven and clean and new and adopted. You and I have the same mission that Jesus has to carry hope to a sin-ravaged world. There are some kids and some adults that can talk about the darkness that was going on in their household when they were growing up. Sin turned their home into a ruin. There are people who've been in friendships and in relationships and somebody has just flat out betrayed them and lied to them and just kind of stomped all over them and sin has ravaged their relationships and they have scars from it. There are people in this world who've been told you're nothing because you look a certain way 
or you're not valuable or worth anything or you don't have any, you're not important because you look a certain way and we want to bring hope and take back what sin has been robbing from people. Amen? We want to take it back. We want to claim ground. We want to extend the kingdom of God's territory. Somewhere right now in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, there's somebody who's thinking about the sunny blue skies out this morning in Murfreesboro. But they're also desperately lonely. And they're really thinking about the fact that their life is just a set of consequences. Maybe they're deep in debt. Maybe they're deep in just a trail of broken relationships in their path. Maybe they've lost multiple jobs in the last year. Their life is sin ravaged. I'm inviting you to understand that your purpose, one of your grand purposes is to be the answer to that person's unspoken prayer. They don't even know how to pray for what they need. Oh, how can I be the, the answer to that person's prayer if they don't even know how to, what are, you, what are you talking about? Treat all people with love. So if they bump up against you, let the grace of God slosh out on them. And if they bump up on you, let them come in contact with somebody whose heart's been transformed. If they bump into you this week in Murfreesboro, let them come into contact with somebody who knows a way out of the darkness. If they come in contact with you this week, let them come into contact with a person of hope. Realistic hope. Because we're never going to stand up and be together on a Sunday and we're going to say, oh, if you love Jesus, you'll always have a good job, you'll have lots of money, you'll always have lots of friends, and you'll always have the love of your life on your arm. No. But living through life with Jesus is absolutely night and day different from living without him. Amen? And if there's one who's lonely... Come along with us. We'd love to love you. Even if you think differently right now. Even if you're still really rough around the edges right now. Come on. None of us here have all of our junk together. Hello? Amen. This is a grand purpose for our lives to be the answer to someone's prayer. What a gift. That I'm gonna get to bump up against people all week long in the grocery store and at Walmart and when I'm going to the movies and when I'm just kind of driving along and I'm gonna get to bump into people all week long and I get to carry the love of God into their territory. Wow, what a privilege. That's a purpose with, worth living for. You have no idea, and we will not have an idea until heaven, 
of all the ways that God is using you and me to bring a little bit of the kingdom into their dark world. That's hope in the purposes of God. Let me show you one other scripture passage here under this purpose of loving all people. Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 22. It says, And now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem. This is Paul talking. Not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. Okay, hold on. Big clue. Ding, 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 ding. Task the Lord has given me. Purpose words are coming up. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. This is one of the grand purposes of your life Treat people with grace. At home, at work, and everywhere. Last night before we did set up in here, I had a few extra minutes and I went by uh, Chick-fil-A to grab some dinner. <laughs> Amen. And I went to the old Fort uh, Parkway location and I was in the drive through lane with 17 other people. But it's okay, it's Chick-fil-A. And I'm kind of coming along, and I was just sort of in the, the drive, and I still had a few cars to go before I even got even with the front entrance to the store. Some of you know this place really well, uh, really well. Um, and I was still a couple of car lengths back from the entrance. And there in this really rainy night, I watched something happen, and it made me cry in the drive through lane at Chick-fil-A. There was a dad coming out of the doors. They had finished their meal with his two sons. And one of them looked to be about eight or nine. And one of them looked to be about 11 or 12. Just at that awkward age of growing tall, not keeping up with their legs, really self-conscious, and what I'm guessing was the 11 or 12-year-old coming out the door, and I'm watching all this happen. He slipped and fell, just went down hard onto the pavement. And the drink he was carrying, the styrofoam cup, broke and shattered, and it went everywhere. And his immediate response was to look up at his dad And he was probably doing the thing we've all had experience doing. Don't cry. Don't cry. You're okay. You're okay. You're 11 now. You're 12 now. <laughs> Be tough. You know, come on. And he stood up. And he couldn't hold it. And he just began to cry. And he was so ashamed. And I watched this dad. He reached over and he lovingly cupped the side of his son's face. And I couldn't hear him, but he was, I could just tell he was saying, it's okay, it's all right, it's just a drink, it's okay, we'll get a new one. And he hugged his boy. 
And they got a new drink and they went outside and the dad and the sons got in their car. And I, I lost it. <laughs> because it would have been really common in a lot of places for that to happen and for the dad to erupt. You idiot. Watch what you're doing. What were you thinking? I bought you that drink. That's the only one you're getting. Would have been so easy for the brother to just laugh and point. Would have been so easy for the dad to just go, why are you crying? It's a drink. Suck it up, boy. Men don't cry. But what this kid got from his father was grace. I will never forget that. Watching a dad cup his boy's face. Not a little boy, but a boy growing up. It's okay. It's all right. Out there in the world, there's so much screaming and yelling and shaming, and you idiot, and why didn't you, and don't, what are, what are you doing, and don't cry, what? And we're people of grace. And the Apostle Paul says, here's my aim. I need to finish the task, and the task is to testify that's to announce and carry the good news of the grace of God. There are two grand purposes of your life. One of them is to enjoy God so much that people see that he is everything and wonderful. And to do your best in whatever you do as a mom, dad, student, worker, to give glory to God in whatever you do and to have influence and then give credit to God. That's one of your person. But your other one is to love all people and testify to the grace you've received. There are husbands and wives who slip and break their marriage. And they need grace, not a scolding. There are people who have squandered lots of resources and opportunities and jobs. And they need grace, not a lecture. We're building a, a church here that's about wide open doors and it's about hope, whoever you are. Amen? And let it be said of us that we are faithful to accomplish the task of testifying to the grace of God. Not judging and evaluating and scolding everybody who's not doing it the way we think they should. But being full of grace and truth covered in hope. You're here for a reason. 
Your life has purpose. You're still here for a reason. There are dark corners where the love of Jesus hasn't gone in and planted a flag yet. Students and adults, you have a purpose. Not just to teach you more, but to impact your world. You're made for a purpose. I like all kinds of music. I, I study a lot, I read a lot, and whether I'm doing emails with you or other things, I like to have music on. I've got earbuds in at Starbucks or I'm in my study at home and I've got music going. I like all kinds of stuff. Sometimes it's soundtracks from movies. Sometimes it's just some swampy blues in the background. Uh, I really like some good country music every once in a while. I really enjoy um, a string concerto every once in a while. Some quiet piano music a little bit. I love jazz standards. Some Sinatra every once in a while in the background going on. I like all kinds of music. One of the things that I really appreciate is um, violin. And my favorite, uh, I enjoy some, some Mozart concertos, but my absolute favorite is um, some string pieces by uh, Vivaldi. And maybe you're f familiar with Vivaldi and, and some of the things that he's done. Just bring some incredible stuff out of the violin. And you're just thinking, how in the world does somebody bring those sounds out of the violin? And, I mean, everything from just fast-moving, joyful, happy. It's just the music is happy. And to, to these haunting, kind of yearning sounds that are just being strained out of these long tones out of the violin. And when, you put, when it's put in the hand of a, of a master, when you put a cello into the hands of Yo-Yo Ma, you, you suddenly see the, the purpose for those things. Every violin has a specific purpose. Got a couple of nails here. Ouch. Gosh, it's not doing exactly what I was hoping for. Let's got one more. Flip it over. Kind of went a little far on the other side. There's a real good chance somebody's out there going, that's not right. <laughs> that's not what that's for. And that's the reaction God's having about some of your lives. You were made to strike tones that speak that there is a God and he is good. There is a God and he is great. And you can know him through his son Jesus. And you were made to strike tones of restoring and redeeming grace. That's what you were made for. You have a purpose.
If you want to measure the success of your life, measure it against those things. All that I'm doing and everywhere I'm doing it, am I doing it to the glory of God? And with every person I meet, successful or struggling, am I showing them love and grace like Jesus? These are our purposes. And when you see that as your true self, the true image of who you are, changes how you spend your days. And it changes whether or not you feel like your life matters. You have a purpose. Go for it.